is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it is a fabulous football Friday edition of Mix Shots <laughs> live inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco is one Mickey Spagnola. Hello, Mickey Spagnola. Hello. I thought I was listening to Keith Jackson there for a while. Whoa, <laughs> We've got Everson Walls. We could, we could not do abode. without you, Bill. We could not do without you, sir. I promise you. If I had to, if I had to start this show with Spag's voice every day, it would be a downer. Okay, so thank God for, for Bill Jones. What are you trying to well, say? Here? It. Hey, I'm not trying. I just said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> And we are ready for a fabulous football weekend. In my opinion, this is the second full football weekend of the year because obviously it's the fourth weekend of NFL games, but it's the second almost full weekend of college football. And uh, so that sort of completes my Saturday, and, and we go into Sunday. And so that's why I'm extra excited about uh, and we're in the month of October. This is a football month, October. And that's why Mickey Spagnola, the Cowboys, are going to turn this thing around in the month of October. October's turnaround <laughs> Mickey, month, huh? Mickey right. and the Cowboys. So we're expecting Spags to help us turn around the Cowboys. All right, here we go. Well, now that's a lot of work to do. Now you're in trouble if i got to turn them around. Yeah. <laughs> But it should be fun. Over the course of the next 45 minutes, we'll be breaking down what the Browns bring to town. They are riding a wave of momentum. They've won two straight games over the likes of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Washington football team. So you know that they are brimming with confidence as they come in here and take on a 1-2 and two Cowboys team. And let me tell you, that's what makes this game all the more important for the Cowboys. They can't afford to get to one and three. They've got to even this record at two and two, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is, as Mike McCarthy said yesterday, an important three-game stretch when you have the unusual three home games uh, in a row. And, uh, again, they just got to clean themselves up. If they clean themselves up, you know, they should have no problems in this game, I would think. Uh, but again, so it's kind of a they need to Mickey, Mickey, they, they need to take a COVID approach to this. They got to clean themselves up. They got to wash their hands. I said uh, sanitize. On, on sanitize. I said on I said uh-huh. on uh, on Monday morning after the game Saturday, they need to go buy some extra strength, Mister Clean. <laughs> And so if they can take care of themselves, they'll take care of uh, the Browns. But first and foremost, they got to take care of themselves. They got to cut the, uh, the turnovers uh, out. They got to execute. They can't have mistakes that lead to big mistakes that lead to turnovers. Uh, and, you, and you can't fumble kickoffs and then recover it at the one yard line, right? So if you eliminate all that stuff, 
uh, and you eliminate the mistakes, then yeah, you ought to be able to overcome them, uh, the uh, opposition. But when you got to overcome yourself and the opposition, yes. uh, it's not a yes. it's not a pretty sight. And we've seen it. You know, it's 50-50. One time you do, one time you don't. And so that's kind of the way it goes. And on the other hand, when you look at the Browns, boy, they are feeling so good about themselves right now. I don't think I've, I've played for a more prouder organization than the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, they're older than the Cowboys. They don't have any type of American, America's team moniker or anything. They're just the Browns who have been the Browns from the beginning of time, except for when I think they were the St. Louis Browns. But for the most mm-hmm. part, that Cleveland Browns organization has been through a lot. They are two and one. And when they're riding a two-game winning streak, these guys are really feeling good about themselves. It's going to take a Herculean effort to just knock them down the side, just knock them down a peg, because they are really feeling confident right now. And I, 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 that makes me a bit uncomfortable. Well, and they're, they're playing football the way they want to play on the offensive side of the ball. And I think it, uh, it starts with the move they made in, uh, at the end of last season where they brought Kevin Stefanski in as their head coach. Uh, Alex Van Pelt is their offensive coordinator. And by the way, he, of course, has ties uh, with Mike McCarthy. This is the second straight week the Cowboys have gone up against an offensive coordinator who has close ties uh, with McCarthy. It was Brian Schottenheimer last week. Of course, McCarthy coached for his dad, Marty Schottenheimer, with the Chiefs. But Alex Van Pelt, the OC for the Browns, was on the Packers staff. And, in fact, uh, the relationship McCarthy has with Van Pelt goes back to when Van Pelt was a quarterback at the University of Pittsburgh, and uh, Mike McCarthy was just getting started in the uh, coaching profession. Uh, and then they got Bill Callahan as the offensive line coach, and that is where the Browns really had to shore up this team and give Baker Mayfield a chance to do what he can do on offense because they draft, they drafted one offensive tackle, they signed another one in free agency, they already had a two-time Pro Bowler at uh, one of the guard spots in Batonio, and now they can focus on running the football with Chubb. We'll see if Kareem Hunt is healthy for this game on Sunday, but that's their emphasis. It takes the burden off Baker Mayfield, Mickey. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, that was – so. I don't know if you guys got to listen to uh, Mike McCarthy's uh, press conference today, but – I had a question yes. all, all teed up in my mind yesterday, and they kind of ran out of time and didn't have a chance to jump in. But I wanted to ask him about the Cowboys having played their nickel defense those first three weeks of the season against teams that basically are throwing the ball run three wide. But now you're going to face another a, a team that is not that way, is not structured that way. They like to run the ball. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, Bill. You talked about how many, uh, I think it was 17 plays for a fullback. They like to play a lot of two tight end. So my, my question to him is going to be, how are you going to adjust your base defense? Can you still stay and play all that nickel, or are you going to have to have an extra linebacker? Well, Todd Archer, uh, ESPN Dallas, asked that <laughs> question. And Mike started the answer with, I'm sorry, are you part of the Cleveland coaching staff? <laughs> 
he wanted he wanted no part of that question, right? And then he came around and said, "We'll be in whatever personnel we need to be in to stop him." And so that was that. But this is going to be a different opponent. Uh, it, they do like to run the ball. Now, it, it'll be a question if it, if it ends up being all Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt uh, had, had a groin injury and he didn't practice these last two days. And it was starting to sound like it might be doubtful that uh, he's ready to go. We should find out more about that after the uh, Browns practice today. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they have a few injury problems themselves, not just the Cowboys. But you're exactly right. Uh, they better batten down the hatches against this run. Otherwise, they ain't going to never get a chance to rush Baker Mayfield. You know, it's so funny that uh, Coach McCarthy's trying to, to be coy. There's really only so many things you can do, right, Spags? I yeah. mean, we know what the options are. I'm sure Cleveland already has anticipated and practiced against the different scenarios and personnel that the Cowboys have. I mean, you and I, Spaz, can sit here, as we did yesterday, and talk about the different options that we might have. You're going to have to put in another linebacker. If you don't put another linebacker, then you're going to be looking like the Chicago Bears with that 46. You're going to have a safety and a linebacker right next to each other. They're going to be kind of crowding the line a little bit especially if they already show with the two tight ends. We already know what we have. So the personnel is not going to be – they can't come out with any type of personnel that's going to just befuddle the uh, offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. They know they've only got like one or three options to deal with, and that's all we can do. So uh, I think we pretty much know what's going to happen. They know that we know what's going to happen. So – all this secrecy and, and, and all this, you know, playing coy to me is kind of cute, but so unnecessary. So unnecessary. You know what? And well, he here, also, here's the other thing. It, go ahead, Bill. You go ahead, Mickey. I was going to say well, he also. Uh, the other thing I was going <laughs> <laughs> to. We got to pull. Back, we have to pull uh, back the curtain. They're, they're on a two-second delay compared to me, so I have to slow down. Um, go ahead. Okay, Spence. I'm going. Uh, he also pointed Mickey, out that if, if Cleveland uh, watched the game, this went over the Seattle game uh, last week and saw how susceptible the Cowboys are, were to the deep pass, you know, he said, you know, they're going to think we're very uh, going to be run conscious. And he goes, and I would imagine they're going to have some play action and want to go deep on us to see if we've corrected our coverage problems. Well, here's the other part of that, too, is when you go back and look at what Seattle did, and I don't know, I haven't studied Seattle week to week to know if this is something that they normally do with their offense, but you go back to the Rams game, and what the Rams do, Sean McVay's offense, they run a lot of tight formations, bunch formations with their wide receivers. It, Will McClay was explaining it when the Cowboys played the Rams last week. They like It's like an inside-out type offense that the Rams run. There's a lot of plays that the Seahawks made against the Cowboys last week where they were running from that sort of bunch formation, and it confused the Cowboys. And that's one of the reasons, if you look back at some of those plays, that some of those receivers were running wide open is the Cowboys were having difficulty dissecting who's got who, uh, and, and they're leaving guys open either underneath or deep. Uh, it, it happened uh, numerous times in the game, as we all saw. Uh, but... Teams go to the point is teams go to school on what's worked the previous weeks. Now yes. we've got 
All the teams have three weeks of evidence of, okay, what has been working against this defense, and that's where you have to self-scout yourself to make sure that you take care of those issues. Uh, That's funny. I like that, Bill, because that's what they do. If you see something has worked, then you say, okay, have they learned their lesson? And uh, (laughs) Spags, you funny. You said... uh, they're going to go deep on us with the play action to see if we've showed up our deep pass coverage. Hell, we hadn't done that for three years. What are you talking about? So <laughs> we, we've never learned that lesson. That's, that's a given. But when it comes to the running game, we can't. We've got to pick our poison, obviously, with this, this defense that we have. And as long as our ends can, can, can shore the, 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 the corner, as long as we can shut down the, the wide plays, and the bootlegs and things of that nature, it will limit what the Browns' offense can do. So we have to worry about what our defense is made to do. We have to make sure everyone plays where they have to play. That has to be a given. Otherwise, we're going to be reacting to every offense that comes in here as opposed to being the ones that force uh, the, the whole pace of the game. We have not defensively controlled the pace of the game in quite some time, that's where we need to start, regardless of what the opposition comes in with. You know, and what Bill talked about with the bunch stuff, all you got to do is go look at uh, the goal line plays, uh, the two-point conversion plays. They bunched everybody up and, and then busted them out, and the Cowboys had no clue. And, and the, the worst one was, Bill, was the touchdown when Lockett was on the right side bunched, and he went all the way behind the formation to the left, and nobody, nobody went with him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure okay, when teams that see that. that was when I heard Troy. I want, I want to ask you about that, Spags. That's when I heard Troy talking about our defense, and he mentioned that we have a goal line defense that is man-to-man on one side, and zone on the other side, which is what the weakness was in that defense. According to Troy, makes zero sense to me that a defense like that exists. Is that something that we have done throughout, throughout uh, this year? Or is that something new that we tried? Or is just Troy just speculating? Well, all I know is if he was on the side where there was man-to-man and he ran into the zone, the zone wasn't there. The zone was playing man to man. So all I know is I can't is, think of a defense that has man on one side and zone on the other. Yeah, I can't even fathom a defense like that. Because because if you know, on the on the locket play, you know, and it's easy or it's actually difficult for us in our position not knowing what what defense they're supposed to be in. Right. Because I mean, we can look at the coaches' film and we can think that. Okay, this guy made a mistake. Well, we don't know for sure if who is in the right defense, if anybody was. But if anybody I was. Mean, it, it looks like on that Lockett one, it was like a two-man game, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, and he ran that out, and Trayvon Diggs, uh, you have a rookie cornerback on that side, and he was slow to react on it, and they had him beat. Uh, but, I, but I have no idea whether Diggs is the guy that was at fault on it or not. But it gets back to uh, whether it was that play or the, the play where Diggs got beat deep. Uh, I mean, he was beat by a ton, his little stutter step, and Metcalf had him beaten. He wound up knocking the ball out for a turnover. 
But I asked you, Everson, how tough is it from a mental standpoint for a cornerback like Trayvon Diggs coming in here? This was his third NFL game. He had, didn't have any preseason games. He had no offseason on the field instruction. How difficult is it from a mental standpoint for him to be able to make plays on the spur of the moment like that and be able to, to read what's going on and, and not get caught uh, flat-footed? Well, one thing you have to realize, of course, that the unusual situation and uh, circumstances uh, that really affected his offseason, you talked about right. the lack of preseason. But if you're going to come in and start – Regardless of how many times you get beat, and boy, I've been there as a rookie. I mean, those balls are going to be flying over your head because they're looking right at you when you come out uh, of the huddle. I remember uh, uh, Joe Theismann winked at me one time. Jim Hart, you just basically pointed at me and said, we're coming at him. So you're, you're always going to be the target of any quarterback just because of your inexperience. But once, once you settle in, Regardless of what happens, how many times you get beat, you have to stick with what's good for you. And what's good for Trayvon is the fact that he has the ability to catch up. He has the athletic ability to cover any type of route. All he's got to do is mentally <coughs> calm himself down. Because right now things are happening so quickly that he feels like he's out of sorts. What he must do is, and I always did this, you have to speed up your thought process. You can't, you can't be out there as if you're half asleep. You have to, be, you have to turn your brain, and somehow you have to turn your brain into a faster thinking machine. And therefore you can react quicker from brain to feet. He's always been able to do that. It's natural. He just has to allow himself to do that amongst the fears that he has of getting beat. The worst thing about a cornerback is to be afraid to get beat. You can't be afraid because it's going to happen. You have to say, okay, you got me that time. This time, it's mine. There's no such thing as defense or offense when that ball is in the air, uh, Bill. No such thing at all. Once it's in the air, you think like a receiver, not as a defender. And that's what he's done all throughout college. He has to continue to do that in the pros even though right now things are going so fast. Well, and uh, we're up against a break here, uh, but one one oh, name. Oh, is that what that bell was? Thanks, yeah, Dad. Uh, one one <laughs> name caught me there. Everson, you played against Jim Hart? <laughs> Jim Hart? Jim Hart started his career in 1965, <laughs> and you played against him? You got that, hey, I can't help but he's got longevity. Don't get on me because he's got longevity. <laughs> All I know is he lined his big belly up there, and he could still throw that ball, okay? And he had great receivers. You know, back then, and don't you start talking trash about the quality of quarterbacks, uh, Spags. I don't want to hear that ever again. Jim Hart right? was one of the greats. Damn right. You damn right. You tell Spags That's that. Right. I don't care if he did. Let me see. I don't care if he did throw 247 uh, interceptions and only 209 <laughs> touchdown passes. He was one of the greats of all time. I oh, shut up, Bill. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. 
Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaner professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to Mick Shots. Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants for information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability. Visit the StarDistrict.com. We were just talking about Everson having faced Jim Hart, the legendary <laughs> St. Louis Cardinal quarterback. Well, Mickey just pointed out during the break that uh, last weekend, of course, uh, Mississippi State beat LSU, the defending national champion. First time that a defending national champion has lost the season opener since when, Mickey? 1978. It was Notre Dame, they wow. pointed out. Well, I told the rest of the story because I covered that game. Missouri, in Warren Powers' debut as a head coach, beat went to Notre Dame and beat them <laughs> three to nothing. Three to nothing because former Missouri head coach Dan Devine, now the head coach at Notre Dame, had the ball first and goal three times inside the five-yard line, and he refused to kick a field goal. Even when the ball game got down to the last minute, they went for it on fourth down what and got dummy. stopped. With Joe Montana at dummy. quarterback, by the way. What a dummy. Oh, my God. He was wow. too, he was Pride too, goeth before yes, the fall. Yes, he was indignant that he was going to have to <laughs> kick a field goal to tie the game. Boy, we're winning this one, right? Well, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Bill, hey, that was, that was, I was just, it was just pointed out, Bill, that uh, – Chris Bean was born in 1978. Who our was? Producer. Chris, our producer. Oh, Chris born Bean was. Born in 1978. Oh, wow. So there you go. We there you go, Chris. Old, 
All right, I got a little trivia question he for you older. as we look. He looks older, but that's okay. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little trivia question as we I asked at the end of the show yesterday about uh, how many players on the rosters of the Cowboys and the Browns played in state championship games at either Texas Stadium or AT&T Stadium. Mickey, did you do your homework I on that? I absolutely did not. <laughs> Me either. Me either. <laughs> Me either. Well, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, starting quarterback for the Browns, won a state championship for Lake Travis High School at AT&T Stadium in 2011, okay. which happens to be the same year. In January 2011, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl at AT&T Stadium. That's true. Okay. That's true. Who is the uh, backup quarterback for uh, the Cleveland Browns? It is Case Keenum. He won a state championship for Abilene Wiley High School. Their practice squad quarterback, Garrett Gilbert, won not one, but I think two state championships for Lake Travis High School. And the Cowboys backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, played in a state championship game for Katie High School at Texas Stadium. So there you go. Well, wow. So there's four of them good right research. there. Good research. And Alex Van their offensive coordinator, uh, played for San Antonio Churchill High School. Didn't make it to the state championship. They love their Texas quarterbacks, the Cleveland Browns do. I, I refuse to do that uh, homework there, Bill, because I have never been close to a national championship or a state right. championship. So <laughs> that but was you have protest. been close to a professional football championship. Yes, I have, sir. I was a, a, a typical late bloomer. I have no great high school stories. <laughs> hey, Bill, you right, need, a, uh, Mickey, you need uh, an injury report here for going into I do. I want, I want to know what's – yeah. Well, Who's playing? It sounds uh, encouraging. Uh, Tyron Smith did practice yesterday on a limited basis, which means he took part uh, in the 11-on-11. And when uh, Mike McCarthy answered the question today about how he looked, he said, Tyron – is on track to play uh, it, based on everything yesterday. He's in the direction of playing yes. Sunday. Uh, so that was encouraging. And they also, on uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, even though he hasn't practiced these first two days with the knee, uh, he said that uh, feels like uh, he'll give us uh, he, he, he'll give us a go on that day. Uh, so it looks like that he, uh, they're just trying to get him to the game. Now, Trayvon Diggs only practiced on a limited basis, and to me that means that he didn't take all the snaps in team. Uh, but, again, I'm sure they're trying to protect that shoulder. Uh, and what they're doing, guys, is trying to make sure all three guys uh, get to the game on Sunday. They don't leave it uh, on Friday in a practice. So uh, that sounds good. Uh, Kareem Hunt for Cleveland is, uh, we'll see what happens today, but he has not practiced either Wednesday or Thursday with a, a groin injury. Odell Beckham was limited yesterday, his back flared up. And Ronnie Harrison Jr. Uh, had an illness, he did not practice. Uh, their, their encouraging news was Denzel Ward, the cornerback, that looked like he's going to be out with a groin injury, uh, did practice on a limited basis. So we'll see where that one goes. But as far as for the Cowboys, uh, it seems encouraging. 
Uh, and Jerry Jones felt really good about Tyron being ready to play. So the question would be, are you going to take Brandon Knight and put him where Terrence Steele was at right tackle if Tyron's playing, or does Steele stay there? And Mike McCarthy basically said you're going to have to tune in Sunday to find out. What do you think, Mickey? <laughs> uh, Mickey, have you been able to, to look uh, closely at Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele and make an evaluation yourself? You know, I just get the feeling that they're going to stick with Steele over there. Uh, um, I, know, think, I, I, I think I think. Go ahead. I, I, I kind of I agree with you. I think it, um, and especially since he's been playing on the right side, uh, I think you know when you go back and look, and I haven't looked at the entire game, but coaches' film of a lot of the game. Of course, he didn't play the entire game. He only he played 41 of the 82 snaps. So I've seen most all of his snaps in the game, and you know I don't think that he had um, as many issues as as maybe. You know, there was one play where L.J. Collier, it was on the fourth and one, where he got beat by L.J. Collier, their defensive lineman from TCU, that uh, Zeke wound up getting the first down just barely on the play, and that was right before he came out. Uh, but in, in pass protection, I think he was okay, you know. Uh, there were times where Brandon Knight uh, was not as effective, especially in run blocking. Uh, and so I, I think that they would go with Steele at right tackle and Tyron at left tackle. Yeah, and then, you know, I think the other thing, uh, I, I would imagine since Brandon Knight's had so much work at left tackle, it's easy to switch to the right side but I'm, as, the, as the backup swing guy. But I don't know that Steele's taken any snaps on the left side. Uh, so they may be looking at it that way, too, if everything uh, is equal. So. Uh, right. We'll see. Right. How that and so Brandon's been taking the snaps at left tackle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how That's all right. that uh, all that turns out. But anyway, uh, the good news is is uh, Tyron will be on the. Uh, looks like he'll at least start the game out there at left. You know, and another thing that I think we we haven't touched on about starting the game uh, this past game at cornerback, Daryl Worley started at right corner. That was his first start. Uh, for the Cowboys with Chidabe Awuzier out and Trayvon Diggs moving over to the left side. Uh, at, you know, that was a nice uh, veteran pickup, I thought, that they got in the offseason in free agency because he's also been giving them some snaps previously at safety, too. So a guy that can kind of uh, do both, I think, certainly, uh, certainly has helped out uh, the defense on that side. You know, and he... I, did he, he was the one that get no it was Brandon Carr I think he got called for a hold or well, interference too didn't he? In the, I think uh, he got called for two. And, and, Carr well, and, got, and Brandon yes. Carr got one in the end zone. Yeah, and then I think Worley might. Yeah, have but on, on, on that drive we had three of them. You're I right. believe he had two of them. I believe. Well, well, well he had Worley, two of them. Worley had the interception that was negated by the Jordan Lewis. Uh, pass interference or hold or hold or whatever they called on him. Uh, that was a critical play. Yes. Uh, you know, but you look at you know Brandon Carr was only in the game for three snaps uh, on defense. Yeah. And uh, and one of them was was the pass interference in the end zone, and he didn't make a good play in run defense uh, as uh, I guess it was Carson was trying to score on the edge, 
and got him out of bounds at the one-yard line on a goal line play. Yeah. Uh, that was right after that one. But Worley played 73 snaps at right cornerback last yeah. week, and I agree with you. I thought at the time, I mean, if people do your re- did their research on Daryl Worley, he was a third-round pick out of West Virginia, and then he, last year he started every game for the Raiders and, in fact, started at safety in the last game of the year for the Raiders last year. And so especially – and I thought that that maybe at the time that they may want to bring Diggs along more slowly, where Worley would start to, to start the season. As it turns out, they've had injury issues anyway, uh, and so now both of them are starting. But Diggs was going to obviously they had made up their mind Diggs was going to be the starter uh, to begin with anyway. Well, they're going to have to live. I got to tell you, I'm 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 not sold yet on Worley. I'm sorry, I just haven't seen anything now. As far as just having you know bodies out there, which is what we need. Right, an experienced guy. Experienced guy. I want him to show me that. Uh, Great interception. Uh, But here we have defensive backs who are, they're not just creating pass interferences. They're not, they're creating it because they won't move their feet. The fact that you have to reach out and grab someone all the time, first of all, that means that he has closed that gap on you. And it happens all the time. Yes, they're going to close the gap on the defensive back. They're going to close that cushion. But you have to be prepared to turn. You know, you have to be prepared to negate his progress without using your hands. That's something that, that was done all the time back in the day. And I guess that's just not a thing that they do anymore. But your feet have to react as opposed to your hands reacting so that we can start making some of these plays. Every time you see pressure or a, a so-called coverage sack with the Cowboys, it's the result of a hold in the secondary. And that's something that we can't, we can't have. It allows the opposition to just march down the field without having to make a play. So make them make a play. Don't just give it to them. That's what I've seen so far. So see, you guys, Everson has a different bar of uh, ability uh, at the cornerback position. He wants them to make a play. I just don't want them to get beat. <laughs> you know, but one of those plays, that Everson, that you're talking about was a big play on their one of their touchdown drives in the second quarter of the game on Worley. Uh, he was called for a hold, and it negated a sack by Jordan Lewis, and it was on a third and ten play. They're punting if, if he doesn't uh, hold. Now, the, one of the reasons that the sack occurred was because Worley held on the play and Russell Wilson held the ball because of that. But, but having said that, that was still, it was a critical third down play. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up before, before the break, because I just looked at it this morning uh, and uh, on the coach's film, and it was Dak's interception at the end of the first half. Yes. Okay, which was a huge turnover in that game. If you go back and look at the coach's film on it, Amari Cooper at the top of your screen there. He's on the right side. Okay, the ball, it was a quick snap because they were, it was less than a minute, 50 seconds left in the half. Amari Cooper, okay, you, the ball is snapped to Dak. He's got the ball in his hand. If you freeze it right there, Amari Cooper is still in his stance. He, he was not ready to go at the snap of the ball. What happened on the play is Dak looks left, okay, and then he comes back right where Cooper is running a post or a slant, okay, over the middle, and then Dak double clutches 
because Cooper wasn't there yet because he was late getting off the line of scrimmage. He double clutches. Shaquille Griffin uh, jumps the route. He's got safety help, and he comes up with the interception. But it all started with Cooper not getting off the line of scrimmage. He wasn't ready to go at the snap of the ball. And then let me add to that, that, Bill, when I went and looked at it, just as he was trying to step into that pass and throw it, uh, he got the ball off, and then he got blasted from the blind side. So the coverage broke down also. So a lot went into that. And then I went and looked at, you know, and Dak, you know what Dak is good at? And, And Everson understands the quarterback has to do this. He falls on his sword, right? We got to execute better. I got to get the ball out of my hands. So on the sack fumble to start the second half, here's what happens. The Cowboys go two tight ends, two wide receivers. They're going to max block, right, and and just send two guys deep. So they're trying to do a play fake and throw deep. Well, here's what goes on. The the Seahawks decide, ah, no, we think you're going to throw the ball. So they rushed eight guys. Eight guys they rushed, and, and, and Dak is waiting for somebody to get open. There's nobody open, and there's nowhere to throw the ball because only two guys go out. So right? there's no hot route. So he no said, route. he's no saying, i got to get the ball out of my hands quicker. Well, I don't know where he was going to throw it because the middle of the field was wide open, but there wasn't a receiver to be seen because the two tight ends <laughs> stayed in and blocked, and then the uh, – tackle on to the Cowboys left beats uh, Connor Williams and he Jared comes Reed. in it comes right. in and hits him and, and the ball comes out there was nothing he could do but that quarterback that, and you know right. there was one game it was either last year or 2 years ago he was taking the blame for all this and he was answering the questions and, and basically saying the same thing and afterwards I went over to him I said boy you got a lot of stab wounds in your chest and he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I know what you were doing. You were taking the fault for the mistakes of other people. And he just kind of smiled at me and goes, I'm the quarterback. And, and by, the, by the way, that was, a, that was a, an adjustment. They, they decided at halftime they were going to do that yes, if they came out absolutely. in a two-tight end because, because they did that a lot in the first half where Schultz and Bell, when they were on the field at the same time, they were still throwing the ball and they were max protecting and they only had uh, the two wide receivers out on routes. And so they decided we're, gonna, we're coming after them the next time they do that because they didn't believe the Cowboys were going to run the ball when they had two tight ends in the game. Yep, All right, absolutely. we got our picks to click when we come back in just a moment on Mix Shots. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. 
What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, 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 to mixed shots. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just 20 bucks. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. All right, we've got precious little time no. to get to our picks for this week because we've had such a good discussion here. Not my here. fault. Not my fault. No. For, once, for once, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> First time all year, it's not Everson's fault. Um, all right, so how about Everson? Since you haven't had time to talk in, on this show, we'll give it to you first. Uh, okay. Your pick to win and your picks to click. Cowboys and Browns, noon kickoff on Sunday. As I told you last week, I always pick the Cowboys. It's just a matter of how they're going to win. Right now, I am looking at the score of Cowboys winning 24 to 20. The the numbers are going to be down just a bit. Passing yards going to be down. I think Zeke is going to have a a decent game. I think Zeke's going to get over 100 yards in this particular ball game. I think we're going to be heavy Zeke. I think that's going to lead for us to win the ball game with a lower score, 24 to 20. Dallas Cowboys win. My guy, my guy for this game, with all of the running, we're going to throw some play action in there. We're going to catch him off guard a little bit. You're talking about that eight-man blitz front. I think the Browns are going to have some type of a, a, a. Scheme in that matter, they're gonna they're gonna come up with that. They're gonna game plan that uh, uh, formation, and my boy Schultz is gonna get out there with that play action. He's gonna be the main target. I see eight catches for Schultz, at least one touchdown. Cowboys going in 24 to 20 with their second win of the season. All right, I got you down. I wrote wrote it all down for you. I just yep. gotta remember where I put it on Monday. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. I'm right, Mickey, you want to go next? 13. That'll be file number 13. I will go. I'm kind of in the same boat with uh, Everson on the score. Uh, I've got the Cowboys 26 23. Uh, I think that they have enough offense and just enough defense to uh, hold this team to a reasonable amount of points. And Mike picked the click because. The Browns are going to be so worried about Alden Smith after his three-sack game that Everson Griffin is going to finally break hey! out and, and, and destroy whatever the Cleveland Browns throw at the Cowboys. 
Wow. Okay, Everson Griffin. We haven't seen much from Everson here, and so it's not. it's time for Everson Griffin to make an impact here. We just call uh, him Griffin when he's not playing well. A, a, as, they used to, <laughs> as, they, as they used to say in the in the old days, it's time for him to shake a leg. Okay. <laughs> And I'm going to go with the Cowboys to win 27 to 20. And have you noticed that people are kind of down on Zeke this week? Yes. Yeah. Coming out of the Seattle game? Yeah, yeah. I think there's that chip on his shoulder. I think he's probably hearing it. And I think uh, he's heard a lot of talk about this run game that the Browns have. And so I'm picking uh, Zeke Elliott to click this week. He's my pick to click. I like 27, that. 20 Cowboys win. We're all in the same range as far as the score goes. Uh, I like okay. how the Cowboys last week, they were they realized that, that Zeke wasn't really, he just didn't seem to have his footwork together. The brain and the feet weren't working well and the hands. So they tried their best to get it to him in several different ways. They, they, they said, okay, you're not running the ball well. We're going to keep getting it to you on passes. This is what we promised you in the offseason. You're going to be a catalyst for us. You're going to be our, you know, you're, we're going we're gonna, to uh, throw all these things out at them, and you're going to be our guy when it's all said and done. They tried their best to put that into the game plan and implement it. It just wasn't working that day. It just wasn't working. Well, they He'll kept be back. trying You're to right, take. Bill. This is going to be his game. They kept trying to take advantage of him with those screen passes, and they just weren't coordinated. Then the one time they were, Joe Looney got called for being illegally downfield, and he was like five or seven yards. So, uh, and then another time, his guy made the tackle coming down the line. Right. So yeah, that screen wasn't working. Joe had a lot to do with the the ineptness of the screen work. Mickey, who does uh, Missouri got this week? They are at Tennessee. At Tennessee this week. And they're still at Tennessee. And they're still searching for a quarterback. Anytime I hear the coach say, yeah, we're going to play both of them, it's like, eh, I don't like to hear oh, that. Oh, no. No, no, no. Craig Morton, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Craig Morton and Roger, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the college football slate. Alabama and Texas A&M at 2.30 on CBS is one of the featured matchups. TCU and Texas tomorrow. Where are the Sooners? My Sooners play at Iowa State, and they, be- they better win tomorrow. They play right. Iowa State. And then next week, the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. It's already time for Oklahoma versus Texas next week. And Grambling is going to check with you guys in the springtime. <laughs> well, a special ask, edition of Mick Shot. They're at Grambling. We're, 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 we're moving on to the springtime. We're gonna, we'll see you guys in April sometime, and we'll talk about it then. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, we'll enjoy Cowboys and uh, over under. How many fans we're gonna have in the stands on Sunday? Twenty-five thousand. Twenty-five thousand. Yes. We're going up by four thousand. Twenty-two-five. We're gonna be twenty-two-five. Yeah. Doesn't matter who all is tested positive. We're going up with our numbers here. We don't care, damn it. We're in Texas. We don't care. All right. That does it for Mick Shots, and we will see you again on Monday live at 1.30. Mickey inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Yes, sir. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!